1: back to the PHLY Sixers podcast. This is yet another first in the history of this show where we have a win to talk about.
0: Oh I, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, what, what the hell are I you was talk- talking about? I didn't know what you were getting into. That was an auspicious start there. Jo- I'm
1: joined by my podcast co-host. How you doing, podcast co-host?
0: Uh, well, the only podcast co-host who wrote about last night's Sixers Nets game because everybody else was paying attention to the team that Derek has across his chest right now. So it was uh, it was good to see the Sixers get a win in spite of the fact that preseason means nothing. Completely and, meaningless, you know, yeah. All the, all the usual qualifiers you put on a game like that.
1: There were, I think, a bunch of interesting things going on during a game that nobody else watched. Uh, and quite frankly, I didn't really watch until this morning. Um, if I'm being completely honest, uh, I watched I watched There's the first. There's only
0: one th- true professional I'm, on I'm this a- podcast, <laughs> and it's probably neither I'm of a us. professional, <laughs>
1: just not when it is the preseason and the Phillies are playing the NLCS. Anyway, uh, I did get back and rewatch the whole thing this morning. Curious what your major takeaway was, um, because there were some very interesting imprints, I think, left on that game by Nick Nurse.
0: Yeah, so I'd say number one is that they forced twenty-seven Nets turnovers, and we and can, some
1: of them we can use air quotes for force because some of them were god awful passes. But they also yes. for, they, there was a combination of really bad Brooklyn decisions and also really aggressive Sixers defense. I think, look, you play a
0: team with Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, and I think. What I was thinking coming in is, oh, this might be a change in approach, right? Maybe they sit back and they bunker and say, we would love for Ben and Claxon to shoot and you just pack the paint. But they didn't play that way. They were sort of happy to let Ben try to attack them off the dribble with guys playing pretty tight coverage on him. And what they did was they unleashed guys like DeAnthony Melton, and Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. and Paul Reed to some extent. And they said, you get in the passing lanes – And you create a turnover. We are going to run, 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 run. And I think after a game against Boston where Nick said he was disappointed by the intensity and their overall approach, I thought that was the first time... You and I could probably sit there and say this is what I think Nick Nurse yeah. basketball is going to look like. And if
1: you go back to some of the shows we did a couple of weeks ago, when we were really searching for topics to talk about, you know, we had a couple of shows like who will benefit the most under Nick Nurse. And I think if you would look at that starting line, that starting five last night, you know, Melton. Ubre, Reed specifically, they were three of the guys that we pinpointed in Nick Nurse's schemes, specifically in his defensive schemes, they can really showcase what they can do. And they're all sort of flawed enough as overall players. Not Melton so much. He has maybe some things you can pick on defensively, but overall he's a solid all-around. But more or less they all have flaws where they sort of need to be put in the right spots or at least have their strengths accentuated. And I think last night we really saw that Nick Nurse knows how to really get the most out of those kinds of players. And it started off with a 12-0 run, They forced a million turnovers. I think the official number was, what, 27? 27. They had a million more shots at shot attempts. How many, many, what's the official number on that? Like 30-ish more shot attempts? I believe it was
0: 33 more shot attempts than the
1: Nets. And if you can combine that with a higher talent level than maybe Nick Nurse is accustomed to having, it could yield good things. The question is, can you continue to do what they did last night when you add in that talent level that still is not on the floor? And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show. But I think in terms of, you know, just overall takeaway, just that aggressive defense, that willingness to help off the shooters, the confidence that you're going to be able to recover back, and using your length and athleticism and speed to just cause havoc. And again, it did look like the teams were playing at different speeds. Like the Nets looked like they very much approached that game like a preseason game, and the Sixers were playing like it was the playoffs. Part of that is the Sixers were playing without a bunch of their main guys. So a lot of the guys who were playing are fighting either for a roster spot or a rotation spot or to prove something, but also they just had way more athleticism than I can remember in my entire lifetime. Yeah, And I'm I'm an old man.
0: Just think about being able to bring off the bench a group like Paul Reed, Melton, depending on whether he starts or not, Kelly Oubre, and Jaden Springer. Those are four guys that are bringing real toughness and athleticism in different ways, and... It's honestly just injecting chaos into the game. Typically, the Sixers have maybe had maybe one guy, maybe two guys who can do that. You know, Matisse, for years, was that guy for them that he fundamentally would alter the game when you come in. Now they can essentially throw entire lineups on the floor where it's like these guys are going to get after it. They're going to get into your chest. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pat Bev is another guy. He might not be the most athletic guy anymore, but certainly in terms of chaos factor getting thrown out of a preseason game is about (laughs) as chaotic as it probably gets. So I think the overarching takeaway for me through three preseason games is that the principles that Nick has preached and is trying to instill are already showing up on the floor. Now, is that going to hold up in regular season play against fully healthy lineups, fully motivated lineups for that matter? I don't know. And they still have to drill down on different defensive concepts, are they going to use a zone, are they going to press from time to time which we have seen that mm-hmm. in the preseason a few times and a few times successfully already but I think it's it's really encouraging for me that we've seen them sort of embody what Nick Nurse is all about already because there's no telling, we can sit here and say hey, new coach and new season and we think things are going to change but You have to actually see that on the floor, and I think we've already seen a lot of it.
1: Yeah, and look, we had somebody, uh, uh, Kale's saying, like, concern about Joe not playing. He did miss last night's game. He was under the weather. Uh, So you had the first two games where he missed because he was ramping up, and then the third game that he missed because he was under the weather. We haven't seen how his presence impacts any of this on both sides of the floor. You know, we will get into Kelly Oubre in a minute, but I thought one of the things was, like, you know, when he's able to play a role, he's – I think the last two games played that role and bought in maybe more than I've expected. And then you get into some wonky lineups in the third and fourth quarter, and he starts sort of like reverting back to hero ball. But like, can he play the good style more because you have a little more of a structured offense, you have a, a, a real go-to guy. And how much does Embiid impact that pace? How much does he impact your willingness to fly around? You know, are you able to switch with him and, and maintain some of these concepts? Or can you use the fact that he's a, a legit elite rim protector uh, and, and 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 even enhance that aggressiveness. We don't really know because we haven't seen him on the floor at all, outside of drills at practice. We we just haven't seen him in games, uh, and that's a massive question. And look, Nick, quite
0: frankly, has never had anybody like Joel on his team, right? I mean, right. had a great defensive center in Marcus Sol and once they got him in Toronto, that allowed Nurse to do a whole lot of crazy shit, frankly, on defense. That you have that backline anchor. Yep. And everybody else is empowered to fly all over the floor and jump into passing lanes and do all kinds of things. So, in theory, on the defensive end, I think Joel should enhance this quite a bit. You empower the Meltons, the Oubres, even the Maxis. Like, I, I thought Tyrese, before he came out of that game last night with the, the back spasms, is how the Sixers characterized it anyway, He had a nice steal where he just darted across a passing lane. Ben Simmons, as he's wont to do, Mm -hmm. decided he'd rather throw a pass out to the trail spot instead of shooting at the rim. Tyrese read it, and they go the other way for a fast break. And it's something you and I have talked about a decent amount, Derek, is Tyrese's speed should probably be more of a weapon defensively than it has been. It's offense... With that I'm a little more dubious on because we can sit here and say, hey, it's cutting, it's it's movement, it's pace. That's not really who Joel is or historically has been. So he needs to come into this and be ready to play that type of style. Some of that, frankly, is going to be conditioning. Like you see last night in the first quarter, Paul Reed rips Ben Simmons, creates a turnover, and then runs the floor and creates a easy basket on a dunk simply because he got down the floor we know that joe is not getting down that floor joe is not running down the floor like that if he doesn't contribute to that it becomes easier to guard the team overall so that to me is the big question i'm not so much worried about the defensive end where joel is what he is he's a really good at times elite rim protector it's offense and how he changes the calculus that I'm really curious about right now
1: yeah no it'll be and I I mean like defensively no Embiid's not Embiid's gonna be great and I think you are gonna be able to be aggressive on the perimeter and still funnel guys into it but you know you bring Harden in he's hashtag not great on defense and he's not flying around and you don't want him to be making more and more decisions on defense you don't want to rely on him to you know cover for somebody who's who's trying to dig down and and force a turnover Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does play assuming he does play how that will uh, impact nurse's schemes as well. Uh, they're just, it's, its on the one hand, I think this preseason has been pretty fun. You know, we've got to see Maxi, and Maxi approaches every game like it's a, a big one. Uh, we've got to see Springer really step into his own. Melton's been great. There's a whole bunch of things that we can talk about. On the other hand, there's sort of acknowledgement that we haven't actually seen the, the Sixers yet. Uh, and it's great to evaluate some young guys and maybe the progress that they've made, but we haven't seen them in that natural environment. Uh, and, you just hope Friday comes around and they both actually do play.
0: Uh, I want to highlight not just because he said that we're looking handsome, but Tyler says Well, that he's, he's definitely <laughs>
1: blind and you shouldn't take his, uh, his word on anything. He says basketball-wise. He
0: says that he's psyched for the season to start so he can get hurt all over again. And here's what I would say about what we've seen and heard so far. We, it is the start of a new season, so everybody comes back eventually. I think there are enough changes that we've seen play out already stylistically that you can talk yourself into. It might be different this year. Not that it's different in the sense that I still don't think you and I would look at each other and say, hey, this team's a contender. But they might at least die in a different way, (laughs) which is... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what makes it interesting right nobody wants to see them run into the same wall over and over again in the same way sure. so if if they run into a wall and it's because they tried absolutely everything through nick nurse and they're running up and down and like frankly it's been more fun to watch them play that offensive glass crashing like seeing d'anthony melton fly in for a rebound jane springer jumping into three guys and coming up with a tough rebound, Paul Reed digging stuff out. I think to see them play as hard as they did in a preseason game was really encouraging for me just because they're not going to out-talent the teams that are at the top of this conference, right? But they might be able to make up some of the gap by just being a more competitive team than they've been in years past.
1: Yeah. And look, I think a lot of that comes down to new coach, like when a new coach is brought in. I would guess the effort level picks up by 30% uh, for those teams. So can they maintain that? Will that matter in the playoffs when everyone's playing hard? We'll see. Uh, And to your point, I don't think either of us are picking them to win the finals because of a couple of strong efforts in the preseason. But at the very least, if we've got to get amped up for a season, it's nice that they're giving a shit.
0: I appreciate that. As somebody who has to watch this team rain or shine, day or night, (laughs) road or away, when you guys can check out if you'd like to, and frankly I think you probably should at different points of the season to save your mental health.
1: Especially depending on what happens here with the Phillies. Oh, yeah. If you don't watch Sixers for a couple weeks, we get it. I I hope you don't.
0: We will be here for you when they come back or when you come back. But, but yeah, I I think they've provided some fuel for us all to sit here and say – It looks like they're going to try, which unfortunately has not been the baseline for them for a whole lot of games in the past.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, I think probably a good time to take our first quick break of the show. I want to tell you guys about one of our new friends, the good people at Hero Bread. Hero Bread is an awesome bread that... I had to tell you guys, they gave it to us, or it showed up yesterday, and there was supposed to be some social posting about it, and before we could do anything, all the vultures in the PHLI offices stole it and took it home before I could even get my hands on some. So if that tells you anything, it seems like this bread is delicious and popular. So the best thing I can tell you about Hero Bread, beyond being fluffy and delicious and flavorful is that it's high fiber, ultra low net carbs, and zero grams of sugar per slice. And we have a great discount for you, 10% off using the code PHLY at Hero.co. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, tortillas, all available on Hero.co and on Amazon, so it's easy to get. And there are fewer calories than the leading national brands, five to 10 grams of protein per serving, all that sounds good. I know I love having a whole lot of bread in my diet. So Hero Bread will make it so you don't feel bad about eating some delicious bread. And right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off of their first order. Just go to Hero.co use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O C-O, to save 10% today. So thank you to Hero Bread for being another one of our Wonderful sponsors of the show. And then I have to tell you about our old friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL season still going strong. Unfortunately, the Cowboys won last night on Monday Night Football because the Chargers are uh, an absolute comedy show. But DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger regardless of whether Dallas is succeeding or not. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. So get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call one 800 gambler or visit ww.180 GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8 Hope NY. Text Hope NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boothole Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age rise by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: We've got one of the joys of doing a live pod. We've got a new... James Harden Report from Shams. He's doing it in a video right now, so it's not something we can read while we're doing it. So one of you guys on the live stream, not all of you, but just one of you. If I had
0: my AirPods on Maybe just pop off,
1: listen to it, and if it's anything important, just drop it in the chat so we can discuss it. Honestly, we could
0: probably just play it.
1: No, I'm sure my guess would be it's a regurgitation of what we already know, but we don't know because it's a video. So we will, you know. Like I said, one of you, just go check it out and report back. Also, Christopher
0: in here saying go Cowboys with a, a flex emoji. I am just absolutely distraught that somehow a Cowboys fan made it in here. Well, Different look, strokes and all that stuff, but There are yikes.
1: Moral, morally compromised people all over the country, and that includes in Philadelphia as well. <laughs> uh, so
0: before, I mean, we'll probably get a summary of this James thing in, in a moment here. But I would say this one of the pleasant surprises of preseason, who's been coming up quite a bit in our chat today. A lot of start Kelly Oubre ch- has been Kelly Oubre. I am certainly not going to say and uh, join the start Kelly Oubre movement that seems to be building here. I would say this he has bought in much more than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think the first half of that game against Brooklyn was probably the best case scenario for Kelly Oubre in Philadelphia. I, I'm curious how you view it, Derek. But honestly, my favorite sequence of the entire half was an Oubre missed shot, where he got a he rotated in from the weak side for a block, yep. flies on the floor in transition has a contested three opportunity and essentially plays give and go with the Anthony Melton where they just sprayed the ball back and forth maybe three times, and it ends up with a wide open or pretty open Ubre shot from the top of the key. And he missed it, but it's, it showed him being about the right things, the type of things that Nurse has been preaching that you got to move the ball if it's not yep. if you don't have an open shot. And historically, that's been a problem for him Seeing him do that stuff, I think, has been one of the joys of preseason so far.
1: Yeah, no, look, early on, he was moving the ball well. There's one sequence where he had like a nice drive off a of pick and roll, first forced a turnover at the other end, then came down, had a four a four point play, on a step back three. Um, he has had moments where he's playing really well, and. Quite honestly, like you look at his stat line last night, and it wasn't it wasn't good. Like it was not a good you know twenty one points. You see, points. we have
0: Eagles breaking news too. I did. That they're
1: signing Julio Jones. I did. What is going on today? <laughs> give us give us an hour to talk about <laughs> basketball so we can catch up. Um, twenty one points on twenty four shots. You know he shot decently from three three for three for nine. Uh, missed a, a, some I thought pretty good shots that he had a chance to convert. But some of that, like I said, you look up at various points and it's like a lineup of like Melton at point guard with Springer and Oubre and Mo Bamba. And you're like, all right, well, I kind of get if he's going to try to play a little bit of hero ball in the third and fourth quarter of these games because it's just not a real lineup out on the floor. When he's been in there with the the starters or with talent, I think he's played pretty well. Now, am I going to say start Oubre? No, you have to prove (laughs) it to me. Like I have a prior. You have to move me off of that prior. It takes more than two games, especially two meaningless games, especially two games when you're fighting for a spot. What I want to see is when he gets like an established spot in the rotation, does he start reverting back to his bad habits? Does he start doing a little more hero ball? Does he take plays off defensively? Because right now, defensively, he's been good. I, I'm not even like qualifying that like for Kelly. Just like straight he's up been good. straight up good. Offensively, I think he's mostly stayed within his role with times going outside of it, but when he's going outside of it, I sort of understand it. He hasn't... Honestly, i think the times is him the most he's had two outlet passes one where he came down with a i feel was a blocker rebound and tried an overhead pass in the first game that didn't work and then he, he completely missed maxi uh last night with i think coming off of a steal he's had some bad decisions in in terms of outlet passing outside of that i've been pretty okay with how he's played it's just got to be longer than two games for me to be like all right we have this how long has he been in the league eight years 2014 draft we yeah. have these eight years of evidence i'm going to throw it out the window because he had two preseason games. he just needs to do it for a longer period of time and maybe the the you know being on a minimum contract having to fight for his role maybe that's the slap backed reality he needs to reassess you know sort of how he views the game of basketball i just need to see way more of it
0: yeah and so we we've gotten into this some recently about how I side somewhat with coaches where you don't give young players giant roles and you allow them to earn it over time a little bit just so expectations are kept in check. I think this is a clear example of when you should do the same thing. You don't want Kelly to come in having the track record that he does. And look, he did. He took, what, 24 shots yeah. in last night's game? So he ended up playing you know, traditional <laughs> hero ball to some extent right. in the second half. But I think to have him come in and you bring him along slowly and you say, look, you're maybe like the eighth guy in the is rotation. A, is there a
1: sponsorship spot with Ubre and Hero Bread?
0: Well, we, uh... Brian C. in the comments yeah. says he can play hero ball when he eats Hero Bread. So, Kelly, if you want to come on down and join Death Row at PHLY, we'll get you some uh, some Hero Bread. Thank, and Thank
1: you for making that reference old enough where I still got it. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: So... I think you wanna make sure that he's not getting the wrong message from oh, I, I played this way for two games or three games in the preseason. Right. I'm gonna and be now rewarded I get to start. And now I get to do all the things And also that I, I want. just
1: think there are six basketball players better than him on the floor. I don't think he should start. I like there are almost nothing he could do. I'm not gonna say nothing. I would be at I'm not gonna eat a basketball again, I've made that mistake. I would be floored if he did enough to be like, Yes, I want him starting over, you know, even I mean, people want to complain about Tobias Harris. Like, I'm not starting PJ or PJ Tucker. Um, I'm not starting Kelly Oubre over Tobias Harris. I'm just not doing it. I don't think he can do enough to convince me of that.
0: Oh, I mean that—that's certainly not going to happen.
1: Or even Melton. Like, I don't. Yeah,
0: I—I would. If I'm you're much moving, more inclined moving, to play Melton.
1: If you're moving Tucker, then it's going to be for Melton, I think.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. look, I'm higher on Kelly now than I was when they signed him a month ago. Something like that. Yeah. I'm not uh, even going to say that. I'm just pleased with
1: what he's done so far.
0: I am, I'm it. very happy with what I've seen from him. I think he has shown that he's about the right stuff to start the season. The question is, for a guy on a minimum deal, if he starts getting some press and knows that, hey, this is a real prove-it season for me, if he loses sight of the team stuff and ends up saying, it's Kelly Oubre time yeah. at the wrong time.
1: Look, I think one of the things, one of my, my beliefs in life – And part of it's because I'm an awkward SOB, so I don't make good first impressions anyway. But I think we overstate first impressions in almost everything we do, whether that's business, whether that's personal, and certainly in terms of sports. If a guy comes out and has a hot two games, that doesn't mean he's changed too. Kelly Oubre has had two good games, uh, you know, stretches of two good games in a row. Longer stretches than that, for sure. Many times throughout the course of his career, just because it happened at your first, um, you know, the first time that you're really paying attention to him, a full 48 minutes doesn't mean he's a fundamentally different player. He's just got to prove it to me for longer.
0: Yeah, and I will say too there are times and I think we saw it last night as well, where it's okay for him to play hero ball. Like there were a few possessions where he did the right things early in the shot clock gets down to maybe five, six seconds ball swings to him and he can self-create for himself and he hit a couple mid-range jumpers there. So like I understand why people are like, yeah, I I like this guy. I like this guy. He should play more minutes because that's something that they haven't had in a lot of these role players, right? Like even even somebody like Danny Green, who historically you and I have liked quite a Mm -hmm. bit, I would say. If he ends up with the ball at the end of the shot clock, either he's got to take a three or the shot's not happening. You can't ask him to go and get to the rim or get to a spot from mid-range and pull up. And Kelly's size and his tools, and frankly like the mid-range touch that he has relative to some of these guys, allows him to get to spots and hit shots at the end of the clock that other role players on the team simply aren't able to. And so that's something that probably gets undervalued, but what the line is, you don't want him to think too much about that stuff and do that with 18 seconds on the clock. It's a good break glass in case of emergency it's not something you want to build the offense around.
1: That's all. There's a debate going on in the chat that uh, we have too much hate for Kelly Oubre. Uh, and people already wanted to, be, wanted to take a but victory lap. We're sitting lap, here saying he's been I, a the, pleasant surprise. The reason I'm pointing out is that uh, Puppas, I don't even know how to pronounce that, no hate, just tampered expectations. Of course, that is a typo. But if somebody did want to you know, tamper for our own expectations to be <laughs> raised, you know, just send it down to the office.
0: Yeah, I I think Derek and I are probably largely on the same page, that he has been better than expected. It doesn't mean he should start, but I think I have more confidence. I don't think. I know I have more confidence in him now than I did a month ago.
1: Yeah, Uh, and look, I'm happy to be wrong. Of course. And by the way, I'm going to be wrong a lot, and I can understand that, and especially if it's like I'm wrong and it's good for the team that he's better than I thought. Sure. That's fine. Sign me up. Um, But if I had any sort of belief in my own analysis coming into it, then it's just going to take me a little bit of a – I need to be shown. And I think as an analyst, not just a cheerleader for the team, you want us to have spent enough time to be strong in our opinions so that then we have to be moved off of them with more than two good games of preseason play. He's done well. He's done well. I'm just not – I'm not starting to start Kelly Oubre – you know, we're for, not throwing
0: a parade for no, 21 no points tour on 24 yet. There's no shots. Victory tour yet. <laughs> Put it that way.
1: Um, so, who else stood
0: out to you from?
1: Well, I mean, look, who I am throwing a victory tour is for Jaden Springer. Oh, I mean,
0: 100%. Ticker tape parade on <laughs> yes. uh, on next Monday, I think.
1: And look, again, to his point, to, 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 to talking about Springer, he's made shots. He again made another good step into three, and he's. Honestly, his passing, I think, has been a little surprising to me. Not that he has vision. He like, had a he's, really he's nice drop-off yeah, in that game. And more or less, he's made the connective kind of passes that you want for a role player. Like, when the closeout has been there, he's attacked it, made the simple dish. He's I go back to it the first game. He had a nice drop-off pass to Paul Reed, who was rolling to the rim. He has just not made mistakes. And not only has he fit in offensively, but he's looked in control offensively in a way that I just didn't expect. And then you add in, you know, he had that... Nice baseline block there earlier on in the preseason. He's fighting over every screen that's thrown his way. Uh, he has really quick hands. He can defend a lot of positions because he's so strong. He's hitting the glass on both sides um, with rec- – not even reckless, with with real strong – not a ban- – what would, what would be an a, a under-control abandon? I don't know. He's hitting the glass real <laughs> strong. They don't pay me to talk. Go easy on me. Um, he's just been really good in a lot of facets, and certainly he has looked like an NBA player. And again – Coming into this, I think I was hopeful he would get a shot. I think I was hopeful that he had made enough progress in terms of his offense to be on the floor because I valued what he could defense, could be defensively, and I thought he could be right away. And I hoped maybe he did, but I wasn't ready to say he did. Like, it's sort of similar to Kelly. I still need to be shown more with Jaden Springer, but we now have three straight games of it looks like he might actually have made the progress to be on the floor.
0: Yeah, and when a guy comes out of college – and is a guard, and one of the big things people say about him is, wow, he's really strong. It's like, that's not really a way to make a living at the NBA level as a guy who's 6'3 and under. But man, now that he's got three years under his belt and he's got some, I'd say, more man strength than kid strength or teenager strength, he is just like blowing through people at times. and. He had a move last night where he went right past Darius Baisley and had a nice reverse yep. layup. Like, that's a guy who's a really good athlete, is, I'd say, good bit bigger than Springer. And he was able to just bully right past them, put a nice finish on the rim. You add all the defensive stuff up that he's doing. Honestly, the as you brought up, Derek... The offensive rebounding or the rebounding in general has been some of the most impressive stuff he's done to me. Yep. Because and frankly it might be some of the most important because we've talked about it a lot. Nick Nurse wants Joel Embiid to chase blocks and play aggressive defense. Well, one of the byproducts of that is on the backside over his outstretched arms, there's gonna be a lot of rebounding opportunities. And if the guards aren't crashing the glass, the Sixers are going to be exposed on the glass. So to see Springer able to battle with you know guys that are like six eight, six nine, even some like true big men and come away with the ball because of his timing, his strength, and his ability to just, you know, wiggle in between all these guys, I, I've been super encouraged by how he's played. And that three you brought up, Derek, one of the best parts of that was when he first gets the ball above the break there – The defender's closing on him, and he doesn't really have a shot opportunity. And all it took was subtle pass fake, clears the space, and then he rises up and shoots. And little details like that are not things that we would have seen from him in the past. That would have been maybe he makes the pass fake, but then he hesitates on the shot or he dribbles into a mid-range that's kind of a low-quality shot. So to see him confident enough in himself to pull off that type of move – I think that shows real signs of progress for him, and I'm getting more and more excited about him the longer that the preseason wears on.
1: Yeah, no, he has been he's been the surprise of the preseason. Uh, it's not even not even really close. Um, I've been really pleasantly surprised with that. All right, I think we'll talk to some people who or talk about some people who have maybe surprised us in the other direction here. <laughs> in this next segment but before that a quick word from game time
0: as Derek almost knocked Uh, over our (laughs) desk over here but wouldn't
1: be the first time we almost knocked over Mike on this show but it might have been the first time for me look it's Philly season is absurd I absolutely love this time of year if you're looking to get in on the action and be a part of What I really mean is the best home field advantage in professional sports. You're going to want to check out Game Time to make sure you can get the best deal possible. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the best, the place for last-minute ticket deals. Uh, And again. If you want to go down, to, game, the tickets right now, you can get a ticket for tonight's game. Phillies, I think, are about 250 bucks. You get them last minute. You can see the seat that you're sitting at. You might even sit next to Derek and I, who are going ex- to the game tonight. Yep. Talk to me so I don't talk to Kyle. All of that would be great. <laughs> if you're looking to do that, check out Game Time. You can get it right up to the minute. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason, and you get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set with the tickets sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. One other thing we wanted to quickly point out here before we get to the next segment. If you want to become a diehard uh, to get all of our written content, you get a free t-shirt every year. You get discounts on merch, discounts on the events that we've thrown. We've already had a couple of tailgates. Go to allphly.com, $80 annual pass, become a diehard member. You can get a, a card for yourself. Um, it's.
0: We had one of our diehards send us a, a hilarious photo of their dog, their completely dog ripped shredding up the it. box yep. and un- unfortunately the membership card, but the T-shirt did survive, and yep. the T-shirt is probably the most important part and of that.
1: On the T-shirts, Kyle is wearing a PHLY T-shirt right now. Uh, we both had one on yesterday. It actually is really good quality gear, uh, soft, comfortable, um, really good stuff. Go check it out. And, again, you get access to a Discord that Kyle and I hang out in on. We pick on each other there, too, if you want to get in on that. Um, you get access to all of our written content. It's just a really good offering there, so go check that out.
0: Do we? Want, there is a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. No questioning in the – Don't sign him. Okay, no. so I want to be unequivocal on this. No. Nope. No. The answer is no. I'm okay with taking flyers on – I'm going to use air quotes on this. Character issues, guys, when the character issues are, he's a pain in the ass. Or he shows up late to practice. Yeah, like stuff that's motivational or he's clashed with a coach, whatever it is. When guys beat the shit out of women and are terrible people, they're not the sort of person I want on a team, period, You can deal – you can – guys can grow and mature in a lot of different ways. I fundamentally do not believe someone who acts like Kevin Porter has, like Miles Bridges has, that they will eventually become more mature, professional people that are conducive to winning and creating a a good environment for an NBA team, period. And
1: and that's true whether or not we're talking about Kevin Porter Jr. or Miles Bridges, or I don't care how good you are. I have a strict – no, just – no. Yeah, I'm
0: out. I mean, think of one of the most prominent examples in sports recently is Greg Hardy, right? Like, that was a whole big thing. And Dallas was like, oh, my God, they added him to this loaded team. They won jack shit with that guy. So in most cases, these guys are not even helping you win. So they're, you're paying for this with the message that you're sending to people by bringing this guy on. And you're not even getting the, like, even if you want to try to justify it in your head, you can't even do that because these guys are not making enough of a difference to make it worth it. Kevin Porter jr has been a fucking loser for most of his career. He puts up numbers on terrible teams. So no, thank you. That's, that's all I have to say on that.
1: Nope. Hard no for me as well. Absolutely not. So winning basketball is not that important. uh, it really
0: isn't. So, no, thank you. I mean, you could read the the police reporting on that. The fact that here's what I would you say. Usually, some
1: people. So he got he got off. One of the charges dropped. Uh, I think the neck vertebrae she had it was a congenital defect and not something that he broke. They found so they dropped one charge. Oh, and people man, wanna, what, like, a, what a people relief! People want to celebrate because now he's got one fewer charge. Fuck. Nope. Nope. No chance. Uh. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah, listen, and man. if
1: Daryl look, uh, I don't think Daryl would, but he was always looking for maybe a an edge. If he does, I will rip him for that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Do you want to talk about just some standard bad basketball?
0: Yeah. So we do have Ronald saying we don't believe in the presumption of innocence. It's not that I don't believe in the presumption of innocence. It's that there are a lot of good basketball players who I don't have to have any
1: reasonable doubt right. about how this about isn't, that? this isn't this is sort of like when we talk about free speech he is not in jail because of a presumption of innocence i don't have to support giving him a multi-million dollar contract to play Correct. basketball it has nothing to do with the presumption of innocence Correct. yes yeah anyway
0: yep. so the big i would say the biggest disappointment in preseason so far other than the fact that Joel and james have not played which obviously that's at the top of the list mobamba has been Absolutely terrible. And I think the worst sign for him, we did have people on the show yesterday asking, is it possible if he could get cut? And you and I dismissed it, I'd say, fairly quickly. And then against Brooklyn. (laughs)
1: Yeah, a couple hours later.
0: Bamba was playing in garbage time with the two-way guys. And Petrasev is the guy getting first half minutes. And frankly, didn't blow anybody away. No, But looked at least reasonably competent playing with the exact same players that Mo Bamba has been. And so I don't know, man, I'm getting closer to thinking maybe they cut Bamba. I don't think, it, so I don't think it's crazy to think it might happen is what I would say.
1: Yeah. No, we did, we did dismiss it out of hand yesterday, and then he went and he was ahead of Bamba in the rotation, um, or Petrosev was ahead of Bamba in the rotation last night. And on, on merit, like he played better, like Petrosev's run there – was better than anything Bomba's done so far this preseason. I still kind of think they will bet on the upside. And we had somebody asking about all the backup centers being bad. Well, Paul Reed is your backup center. When Embiid gets back, you're really talking about the third center spot. I would guess they probably err on the side of upside. Because I still look at Petrushev, and it's like, all right, He's running the dribble handoff game. He looks competent doing it. Like, he looks like he got a little bit of a jumper. He's at least positionally sound defensively. But I'm still not sure, like, what he does well or even average at an NBA level. Like, I need to see more. And I I would err on the side of them going with the upside play because we can take Danny Green off the table like he's making the team. It's really between. I mean, I still think why not just Trez? But, you know. Unless they give, like, some chance he comes back for a play, But I don't want Trez in the playoffs. I mean, does he have a... Does you don't he want a, him in
0: the regular season either. Our no. whole thing with Paul Reed was, like, the, the biggest sure, mistake they sure. made with Paul was does he have that a, the guy who played over him was terrible.
1: <laughs> I should know this. But does he have a bigger guarantee than Petrushev? Like, is that maybe a factor? They want to oh, trade him? because
0: Petrushev is not fully guaranteed. Right. So,
1: so maybe they want to trade Trez to clear some space under... I don't know. Maybe that's the, the only reason why. But, um... No, look, Bamba has – I I think I still think Bamba makes a roster, but he's been d- bad. There's no other way to say it. I, I mean – Three straight games.
0: that has earned the right now to – so final preseason game, if you're saying who's the third big, I'd play him over Bamba based on how they've played so yeah. far, right? There's no real reason to play him. So, yeah, I think ultimately the easy cut is Trez if you don't really care about the – the money side of it. But here's the other part. Here's the... I'd say the positive side of this. Part of the reason we're having this discussion is that Danny Green looks like he's a lock to make the roster at this point. I think physically he has been... He's certainly not like 29-year-old in his physical prime, Danny Green, but looks a lot closer to the guy who he was at the end of his Sixers tenure. I think he's honestly probably trending toward day one rotation spot maybe like ninth tenth man which i'm i have it on pretty good intel that danny was very close to signing a tv pundit deal before the He'd sixers be signed him be good at that i think danny would be really good at that and the sixers approached him and said they'd give him a shot and he showed up and been you know he's, he's, he's not blown anybody away but he's looked pretty damn good for a guy in his mid to late 30s in
1: terms of realistic expectations he has reached those and then some like you just have to give him credit for being on the bubble and removing himself from that discussion. I mean, add a boy, Danny.
0: Yeah. So with Danny out of the picture, then it's uh, you're down to just the bigs. And if Bamba doesn't have a single positive play in the preseason, which does he have one at this point? He might oh. have like a block he on had, a jump he, shot. I've, he almost I believe. had
1: that oop, but he missed it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that right there says about all that needs to be said. So. So, yeah, I think that's a bad sign for Bamba in general. I know it's preseason and they want to give everybody looks and see what they have, but for him to be playing garbage time in that game is, uh, is rough.
1: Yeah, and there is part of me that wonders, like, would this have been the plan anyway to give Petrasheva a chance with that backup spot just to see how he plays? But the fact that it's come after two really bad performances by Bamba, like, it makes you wonder. Um, and on merit, Petroshev should get that spot over Mo. You just wonder if pedigree, and again, Mo being the former sixth pick, it doesn't matter too much because he did just sign a minimum contract, but if sort of like pedigree or upside or anything like that might play into it, who knows, but he has been, I mean, for a guy who came in here and wanted to prove it year, he's I he mean, might have proven some stuff, but he's just confirming, not proving it wrong.
0: Yeah, and Elaine in the chat says that Danny looks good, but not sure about his defense.
1: No, he'll get blown by a lot.
0: Yeah, he's not going to be a a man defender, individual one-on-one defender. We saw that, honestly, before he got hurt years ago when Trey Young was smoking him in the playoffs. The difference now is Danny on that team was, what, the second most important perimeter defender on the team, and now he's going to be maybe like the sixth – most important perimeter defender yep. and he's going to be brought in as the fifth guy no, in I a mean, bench lineup rather than the fifth starter so that's a very important distinction
1: I mean Doc had him on Trey Young to start the series That's what I'm saying man. Nick's not doing that now both because Danny's older and also because Nick's not Doc I hope um No, you're not relying on him defensively nearly as much as you were. He still looks like he can shoot the heck out of the ball. He's still got that Danny Green cut to get himself open. He can still find his way to the corners in transition. All of that is still good. You just need him to, you know, if you can put him on the worst perimeter player and he can hold up. And even then, he might not hold up, but positionally he might be sound enough. Or maybe rotationally he will help you out enough to overcome that. That's all you're really asking for. But could he be the 10th man in the rotation right now? Yeah, he could be, I'm 100%. Sure.
0: And look, here's the, the other part. Even at his best, Danny was not a lockdown one-on-one guy. He was a really smart team defender. And I think now that he can move at least closer to how he did in his late 20s, early 30s, you can see that. I mean, he's made a few defensive plays in the preseason just through positioning and understanding what Nick wants out of his defenders. And so... I'm not saying we're not doing a Danny Green victory tour or anything, but he certainly How looks like a How many victory tour
1: references is that in one? Sorry, Doc, <laughs> but you,
0: you said it, and now I'm going to run with it for forever. So, yeah, I think having somebody who's a passable ninth, tenth man that adds consistent floor spacing and all the intangible stuff that Danny does, if you get any defense out of him, I'd consider that a bonus. I think one of us
1: needs to come up with a Doc impression. I'm not saying we're Paul George over here. I can't kill but. my voice that bad <laughs> yeah.
0: to, to make that happen, but right. maybe one day.
1: Final segment here coming up. Before then, a quick, and again, if you have any questions, drop them in the chat. We try to get to them here in that last segment. Before that, a quick word from Foco. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's it's football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, Foco has. And Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY for 10% off. So...
0: We did have one outstanding topic that we haven't gotten to yet before the questions. Okay. You wanted to team me up for this. I sure. Think.
1: No, you, uh, look, you, are, you, you mentioned it in your column. You mentioned it on Twitter. And again, go check out allphly.com. You can read what Kyle wrote, even though we've probably talked about most of it on the show. Ben Simmons back, huh? Please, for
0: the love of God, if you are somebody who covers the NBA, be honest with yourself and the public about who Ben Simmons is. He looks better physically than he did last year, and I'm happy that he seems to be not dealing with the same back problems that have held him back recently. But the guy had eight turnovers in a preseason game that his team lost to a team that essentially had their three best players out and was running out lineups with Philip Petrosev and four guards. He is the same player that he was four years ago, right now, in 2023. And if I have to see another fucking contextless highlight of him getting a steal and a dunk in garbage time against a team full of guys that are not going to play real minutes, I am going to lose my mind. I have no ill will toward Ben, but I am so sick of this. Ben Simmons is back. Bullshit. It was... Honestly, the last time I remember being this irritated at how something was being covered is when there was the free Jaleel Okafor movement. And that was very obviously proven false within 10 games of another well, season. Starting. I mean, now you
1: could get him for free. You could just go out and sign him. Oh my
0: God. Well, I, I honestly have no ill will towards Cha, ja, who's a really nice kid on top of everything else. But I cannot believe that people are falling for this bullshit. Yet again, the shirtless Instagram videos, the fucking 10 free throws in a practice facility that he made in a row. Oh, my God. You know how many guys who are horrible free throw shooters Derek and I have personally watched make a ton of free throws? I've seen Ben Simmons make like five threes in a row during pregame warmups. The problem is not Ben doing things when the lights are off. It's Ben playing the way he does in the middle of an actual game. So Enough. I'm tired of it. Sorry. Or no, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I mean, the great thing about having Kyle on this is he can rant about it, and I can be like, all right, next topic. Because quite frankly, I've said all I have to say about Ben Simmons. One of the great things about the James Harden trade, and look, we're living through maybe a a worse back half of that trade than we expected. One of the great things is I got to no longer talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, Certainly, I think he looked better physically than he did at points last year, and I'm happy for him for that because that seemed like with the back stuff it was tough for him he is not a different player in any real way I think maybe the most telling one I was talking to Kyle about this before the show but he had you know a Melton Petrashev pick and roll that he was attacking and he came off (laughs) and he was going right into the Anthony Melton who's six seven inches shorter than him and he went up with the soft lefty floater bullshit because he doesn't want to get fouled and go to the line he's the exact same player i did think one of those and i hate these shots these are one of my least favorite shots in all of basketball but when he does that like turn around fade away oh my God. where he's spinning bullshit he looked like he had mildly better touch on that one than we've seen but it's one of the worst <laughs> shots in basketball so i don't really want to give him too much credit for that I hope physically he's back to where he was. I hope he enjoys playing basketball. Like you said, I have absolutely no ill will towards Ben. Um, in fact, in, at various points, I feel kind of bad for him. Uh, so physically, I hope he's back, but I will agree with you. I'm not writing any Ben Simmons victory tour articles about uh, last night. I was game.
0: just about to say, you want to talk about victory tours. The guy had eight points on eight shots with eight turnovers, and it's like, oh, my God, can you believe what the Nets are going to get out of this guy this season? Come on, man. Anyway, that's, it's a preseason. I mean, it's getting, it's hater getting... hater segment for me, I guess.
1: Yeah, yep. Any other stray thoughts from that game?
0: Uh, we did not get to De'Anthony Melton. Very good. At all, Incredibly he was good. awesome. Yep. Speaking of near triple doubles, De'Anthony was trending toward a triple double, and if it was a real game with him playing real minutes, I think he maybe ends up getting it. I, I, he was one of those guys, along with Springer. I thought his intensity on the glass and as a a guy in passing lanes was noticeable from the very first minute of the game. And Melton being asked to do off-ball gambling type stuff is much more in his wheelhouse than, hey, go out there and guard Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. And we will get to matchups where DeAnthony is going to have to take those assignments. But I think one of the things to circle back to... The nurse points at the beginning, I think people probably have more confidence that Nick will put DeAnthony and guys like him in positions to succeed more than Doc did
1: in the past. No, I agree. And look, maybe some of the shooting numbers don't reflect this, but I thought he was very good. I mean, 10 assists, again, sort of like Springer, where he's not going to make a flashy pass. But I thought he did enough finding rollers to the rim, uh, and I thought he made enough connective passes. that That's really what you want in that off-ball role player. And his defense, he was just he was just everywhere. And him and Springer and Ubre and players like that being able to get in those passing lanes or fight over those screens or dig down and actually make plays. You know, it felt like for years the Sixers would dig down and never actually nothing would ever come of it, and then they'd just be out of position for those threes and just having enough. You know, defensive IQ and speed and, and length to then rotate back and still contest shots even when they start off as open. Uh, he will be fun to watch in this system and he'll probably be very good and he'll probably then be very expensive, not very, but more expensive in future years than he has been these last two. He's going to be real fun to watch this year and he's the exact type of player that I think um, Nick Nurse needs and wants. Uh, and i think he will fit in a lot of lineups.
0: And to that point about potentially being expensive, i know i've brought it up on the show before. I do think he's a sneaky trade candidate this year for that reason. I think
1: Daryl historically likes to get value for guys before they hit the open market.
0: Yes. Now, obviously the the cap space plan and Daryl playing up this idea of we're going to be able to go get maybe one, maybe multiple max guys depending on how things shake out. He might change his philosophy on trading someone like Melton this year specifically. But yeah, in general, Daryl has said, if I can take a a good role player who has one year on his deal, turn it into a good role player of similar value with two or three years on the deal, he'd rather have the guy that's under team control for longer. So I'm interested to see how that plays out this year, but... As long as he's on the team, I think he is one of the the top guys on the list of will thrive under Nick and his style. And
1: I think his future might be partly dependent on what happens with Harden. Like if they're able to address the Harden situation and maybe get the star that they want by the deadline and they're no longer reliant on the cap space plan, maybe maybe that changes things. But also, I think his cap hold is still relatively low that you can get approaching a max contract even while keeping even without renouncing. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but I think there might be a pathway of being able to do that without renouncing him. It would be tough, though. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of unsettled, unsettled factors that will decide that. I, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. So do we have any? Questions we want to get to
0: before we get up out of here. I think I think it's Bree mostly just some. been people
1: ranting about various things.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Got on that Kevin Porter. Oh, and then there was a, a guy going off about
1: Embiid and yada yada yada. <laughs> and like, there's been a lot of well, random. Well, Brian tangents.
0: asked if Mo Bamba's the favorite to win the CBA and Most Valuable Player award. <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite push him to the CBA yet. I will say that we also don't call
1: it the sheet. Oh, I'm uh, I was thinking old school G League CBA. No, no, no. no, no you're talking about. China, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so, more serious question. Martian Lynch asks Do you think Springer takes minutes from Pat Bev? I think he's basically has to right now because he has outplayed Pat Bev to this point of the preseason and frankly just has a lot more future runway than Pat Bev does. I will say that Pat has looked pretty good physically for. No, the three games that they played, he did manage to get himself thrown out of a a preseason game, which is
1: right into Philadelphia.
0: You know, uh, the reporting on the ground last night said that he was sticking up for Petrosev, who was getting into it with Ben Simmons. So, you might want to weigh that a little bit and say he's trying to endear himself to the Simmons hating Sixers fan base. But yeah, I think at this point, Springer has been good enough that he should get the minutes over Pat
1: the Continent, continental basketball association ended operations in 2009 i don't know how in the world that was a cba i thought of when they said cba it's been a long time it before that it was called the eastern pennsylvania basketball league i didn't even know that that was a long time ago anyway complete tangent uh did we have any other questions you wanted to get to it looks like so miles just asked if harden doesn't play against the hawks what does that mean it means that I think he's probably uncertain about how he wants to approach the next step in this standoff. I think he's uncertain
0: about how he wants to handle the next step pretty much regardless. Yeah. But, yeah, as Derek and I have both said dozens of times already, this is a, not even a day-by-day. Day. It's more of an hour-by-hour. Hour. How is James feeling? What are we the trade to, talks do like? Do we have to
1: bring our, a laptop with us to the game?
0: Tonight? Yeah. No, I'm not working at the Phillies game. Okay. Okay. I have my cell phone. Worst comes to worst, we can always film a a selfie video and say, "Oh boy, that's really something, guys." Now back to the real game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's to your point. To the hour by hour, you just have no idea. And I think if he doesn't play, it's not because he's not ready. I think it's because he's not fully ready to be a member of the team. Which doesn't mean he won't be. It just means he doesn't. I, I honestly think there's uncertainty on what would be the, the best tactic for him to take at this stage, and that would be my read if he doesn't play on Friday. Yeah, I tend so, to agree. Because yeah. then he can just basically delay that decision for another what is it, seven days, six days until the the opener.
0: Yeah, their their schedule lines up kind of nicely in, yeah. in that way for him anyway. He's spilling again. No, Derek's I, about to kick over the dash, I just He's hit the table. spilling water. know what he's doing today oh here's a okay two minute warning is curious about our content output says how often will you guys be on when the season starts it will continue to be five days a week now when we go on is going to change slightly we're going to be doing a lot of post game shows i don't know that it'll be after every game but it'll be after most i'd say the majority of games I like and, having
1: my Sundays off, so maybe it won't be Sunday. But other than that, you know, we'll see. We'll
0: yeah, see. I mean, we want to be where you guys come for post-game as well as the day-to-day stuff that Derek and I are yeah. writing and doing. So the idea is as soon as games end, it'll be Derek and I, Derek Rich and I, eventually our friend Devon, who I promise you, I know we said this before. Were you allowed to say before. his name? You, uh, we're allowed to? Okay. I think it was clear with legal. Eventually... <laughs> Our good friend Devon, who has not shown up on the show yet, will be involved on a day-to-day basis. He will be on every show, and he's going to be, you know, such a big lift for us and allow Derek and I to do the things we're better at as opposed to constantly talking on a microphone.
1: One last question from TN, just because I think it's a pretty simple answer. Maybe you guys already addressed this. You think if Maury offered Harden a contract, would he accept? Well, Maury can't offer Harden a contract right now. Players under two years' deals can't. Under two-year deals cannot be extended. Since he opted into that second year, he no longer can be extended. Uh, He would have had to opt out to get a new contract. Uh, Hypothetically, like, if it were allowed, this has gotten so emotional I have no idea.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's futile trying to tell you guys what I think James is going to do because I'm not not sure sure James James knows. knows.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, I think that's probably a good enough place to cut off. Kyle, do you want to yelp people to subscribe? Yeah, everybody
0: who's with us in the chat, we thank you. Ronald Miles, Hypothetical Man, Two Minute Warning, Puppas, TN, Money Mar, all you guys. Walrus, all these wonderful creative names. And then people like Randy Rubart who are here every single day. We appreciate you guys being with us. If you are still here, if you could give us a thumbs up on this video hit the subscribe to the channel. You can turn on notifications for every time we go live and we will catch you guys again tomorrow. And Derek, I'd say this for both of us, go Phillies. <laughs> silly like the, mayor. Uh,
1: mm, the first taste of rare bourbon. You finally got your hands on. That's nice at caskers.com. We make this experience easy.